Hello, everybody. Hello, every single one of you. I'm talking like this because we were just um, grooving out to our, our music. Yes, we hope you groove out to it, too. We'll have to re- make a video of it one day so you can see... How we groove out? How we groove out. <laughs> no, no. Yes, yes. No. They'll love it. <laughs> They'll love it. It depends on the mood. Sometimes we can be groovier than other yeah. times. <laughs> Sometimes we just sit upright and stare <laughs> and off wait. into the distance and wait for it to end. <laughs> like many things. Yes. We're grasping, like our our nails are digging into our hands. Yes. When will this end? Make it stop. Make it stop. I don't yes. want to groove. Hello, everybody. Checking in. Checking in. It's been, what, a month or so? Yeah, sadly. What is going on with this year? Yeah. It's nearly over. Yay. Well, our intention was to be out every two weeks without fail, but you know what? I think that was unrealistic because we're starting something completely brand new and things came up, (laughs) different factors like the vid and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Brenda got sick. We got sick. And you guys all know about the sick that's sick and blah, blah, blah. And I had some apartment building issues where had to do a bunch of stuff and it's not ideal we're not happy with this but i feel and i believe you feel that we're back on track i think so so let's do a quick little check-in uh how are you doing beans beans is doing okay she's been better um it's been a tough couple of days a little bit low Um, there are outside factors as to why I'm low and anxious. Um, so when it's outside factors like that, um, I know this too shall pass. It's not, it's not really my bipolar. Do you want to tell them a little bit about your outside factors? The outside factors is that I'm taking, and I believe I've mentioned this, a trauma bond um, course for PTSD, not trauma bond. I'm sorry. A trauma course on PTSD or for PTSD. And it's quite rigorous and just going through what other people are going through together, supporting each other, uh, leaves me heavy hearted sometimes. And, um, that's, kind of how my week has been well I mean you're you're an empath you feel for people you pick up on other people's emotions you're a carer and not not really great at at accepting the care in return true (laughs) you've always been that way you make sure everybody else is covered and then you come last so I just see that element on top of the fact that you're working through some really really intense stuff yeah it has been intense but uh supporters Kays, you've been awesome. Um, my husband's been awesome. And uh, they're seeing me through this. And it's otherwise, I am really great. I'm good. Well, Karen. I mean, we help each other. Yes. We help each other through, right? I yeah. mean, um, we were just talking about this, uh, I think it was yesterday, how in regards to going for trauma healing and stuff like that, that I'm sort of ahead of the game with you because um you know I had a major crisis that led me 
to needing the care because I was drinking heavily and it was killing me and I was losing my mind. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't know I was that I had PTSD. I was hearing things, seeing things, just losing my mind. So it was a crisis of mental and physical. So I had no choice. It was like go or die. Mm-hmm. And I'm not being, I'm not exaggerating here. Like I was being over dramatic. No, I wasn't like it was. And I ended up in treatment for four months straight. Didn't go home. And then I went, like I said, I, I went a couple more times, but you, you haven't done that for yourself yet. Right. I mean, this is a kind of like I had to go, but for it was trauma also, PTSD. Yeah. No. So you have, this is all new. That's what I'm saying is yeah. that like you have always put others first and then there's this big scary thing that we don't even want to admit to that it's even a real thing for us. Mm-hmm. And I had to, and you've chosen to. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I can be a help and, and a guidance throughout the way. Definitely. But you've always been there for me and you help me with more of the other, like on my end, I'm kind of, I don't want to say I'm in denial, but I still don't like to think of myself as as being bipolar. Right. And and it still throws me off and takes me off guard. Um, so I think that's where we're really able to help each other, uh, guide each other through that and in other things. And like you said, we've got wonderful, wonderful spouses and, and kids and friends. You raise a good point about the bipolar because, um, we're going through our trauma case works is is not a work in progress but she works on that all the time and every day and um this is all new for me and then we have bipolar on top of it yeah you know and it gets a little harsh sometimes <laughs> when you're trying to parse parse through it's yeah. like is it this or is it this or is it just fucking both yeah come on now yeah cut cut us some slack yeah and this is where like i only got diagnosed uh, bipolar what like eight ten years ago so it's not i mean in my late but in my mid 40s right and i've always been like you know up and down blah blah i've always been a super energetic person and so i'm still trying to learn and work my way through is it just my personality of being like a go 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 person versus um you know, is, is it this pi- bipolar shit? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, and then the PTSD on top of it. So, right. but anyway, you know, I've, I, I got to admit, like I had a bit of a, a crisis, um, you know, early this week, uh, end of last weekend. And, um, I haven't felt that terrible. Like we're talking down and out, like questioning my, my importance or qu- trying to figure out why am I here? Like, almost like, it's not an existential crisis. This was like, what, I, I don't see my purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and I haven't felt like that in a really long time. But I think part of what we've had to go through in our, our building in that triggered the shit out of me. And then when I had COVID, I had to decrease my, one of my psych medications in half. And I forgot to put it back up. So I think it was a combo of this being triggered, identified, and just bought, like, not having enough medication in my system Mm -hmm. to, you know, have me regulated. And if that doesn't show you that you need your medication, because, I mean, there's always something a little bit in the back of my head that goes, maybe one day. And then I'm like, why are you being such a fool? You need this shit. Whether you like it or not, you can 
fuck around with it. And it always comes back to why did I do that? This is me shaking my head um, because bipolar people, you know this, we are infamous, <laughs> infamous for taking ourselves off our medication. Now, I've never, I've been very compliant. I never, ever did that. I don't know why. I just, I guess, well, no, I, maybe I do know why. I was too afraid. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> Once I got diagnosed and I was put on the medication and I was like, within a month, I was a totally different person. I'm like, I get it now. Yeah. And I've been terrified, but there's been times because if I've had a surgery or something and they've had to mess with it, mm. it's then I go, well, if you thought... <laughs> You one moment. It. Yeah, because I'm, I'm terrified too because I don't want to go crazy again. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. You'd think the, the topic of today <laughs> was was our bipolar um, disorder, but no. it's not. It is on mental illness, of course, because that's what Kays and I discuss. Um, do you want to talk about our trigger warning here, honey? Yeah. Um, we're, we're doing a series on, uh, eating disorders and there's going to be some maybe triggering and, and difficult things to listen to. And especially if you have gone through or have a loved one or are currently going through or currently have a loved one going through it, it, it may be, may be triggering to you. Uh, cause all this stuff is, is scary but with a light at the end of the tunnel sure and so yeah just just letting you know and if you do feel triggered if it is too much for you please turn it off or if you need to go get go to go talk to somebody go get some help anything you need to do just just step away i couldn't agree with you more um i saw my doctor yesterday and i explained to him what my struggles have been since i've started taking this course and um, he said, everybody has their own strategy to get through this. And Kay said this to me as well. And he said this to me that, um, unfortunately, it's going to get worse before it gets better. <laughs> Didn't really need to hear that. But in reality, I, I, I knew that that was going to be the case. Well, it's, it sounds negative ominous. and ominous, but it's like you need to know that what you have ahead of you, but it doesn't mean it's something that you, you can't do. Right. You know, you can do the uncomfortable feelings that you have are legit and you're really going to feel them, but it starts to get better. Yeah. So, you know, it's not fun. No. And as a group too, you know what it's like working with a group. You're getting to know each other. Yeah. So it's building that trust and how much can you talk and how much do you feel comfortable about talking about. So it's all of that too. The fear of the unknown. Yeah, absolutely. But you're all there for the same purpose. Right. And that's to get well. Right. Um, okay. Well, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> we will be in future episodes talking about bipolar. Yes. For sure. Absolutely. Um, that will be a 147 episode part episode <laughs> mini series, girl series. Yeah, no, it, just kidding. It's it's going to be woven throughout the whole. Like there's show. Rocky 31. It'll be <laughs> bipolar. You know, 85. 85. Yeah, yeah. But what we're really here today to talk about are eating disorders. Yeah, 
and um, how eating disorders are a mental illness. And the subject matter has had an influence um, on Kay's and I. And um, people also wanted to talk about this subject. Well, it, it came up. It was on a, a on our list of things that we want to talk about. Our list is quite big. But um, you guys suggested or asked that this is a subject that we cover. And wow. Here I am thinking that I know quite a bit about eating disorders and Really, uh, it's, I don't really know as much as I, I like to think I, I did. There have been a lot of breakthroughs, um, understanding, uh, scientific journals, uh, opening up our eyes to the fact that it could be a neurometabolic disorder or a psychometabolic disorder in some cases. And we have been fortunate to be put in touch with somebody who has experience, unfortunately, uh, in having a family member, their daughter with who had uh, anorexia, or I guess I don't know if it's something you had or, or still have, but has survived the, this this terrible disease this disorder, and so she can speak from being a parent and watching and experiencing what her daughter had gone through, and they have come out on the other side of it uh, in the most in- incredible way, and so now this woman is uh, works uh, with an organization to support people with eating disorders and their families and so yeah she's peer support and she has we've we had a long conversation on the phone one day we've been communicating back and forth and holy crap has she uh, educated me on uh, eating disorders and the amazing thing that's coming out of this her giving direction and helping me sort of helping us navigate through this huge the set of disorders is that she's actually agreed to uh, come on the show and Yay. be interviewed, interviewed on the show. Yay. Now, let me ask you this case. I have I actually I have a couple of questions during this conversation that you had. Were you talking about, or do you talk about what happens physically and mentally? Oh with, yeah. With anorexia and well, what is it? Yes. For one, obviously. And like from a psychiatric perspective. Oh, yeah. Everything. Psychological. Like from every uh, psychiatric, uh, physical, biological. um, Stigma. Yeah. All of it. Okay. So she's just uh, incredible. And um, what astonished me, you're an ER nurse. And you told me this, but I also read it. That um, experience that. ER staff or lack of experienced staff has for some of these eating disorders. Oh yeah. Let's educate these people. They're frontline. Well, a lot of doctors will say that they were only given like, you know, maybe a day or two in terms of education, a little blurb in their whole education on eating disorders. So when they come across a patient or patients that have it, they almost don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. They, they're, they, they struggle. And because they haven't, been taught uh, about this to a certain degree, they they don't know what signs to look for necessarily. Okay. They may look for other things. And in terms of me working in the ER, we certainly um, would, would have uh, individuals that came in with severe eating disorders 
And we're well, ER. What what do we do? Is that we basically put you back together and send you off. <laughs> yeah. So whether you or 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 not put you get back together, we stabilize you, and then you go to a floor, or you go get surgery, or you go home. So we generally don't know what happens after the fact, and um, you know we just do our there best. It is. That's so right. that's like you know as much as I, I I know some things, I really don't know that much at all. Did you have any discussion from? From the picture of the sufferer, how media and bullying has affected them yeah, with to this a, disorder. To a certain degree, um, we kind of went deep into um, the scientific breakthroughs and okay. um, you know the, the physical and mental uh, effects. Though we did touch on that, and we will be touching on that. Excellent. Okay, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Why don't... Um, why don't we talk about some of the common types of eating disorders? Okay, well, um, they're defined as a disruption in the eating behavior with excessive concern about body weight that impairs physical or and or psychological functioning. And eating disorders can present to severe psychiatric illnesses associated with high rates of morbidity and mortality. Mm-hmm. The DSM-5, just, sorry, quickly on that, there are many, many people that have severe eating disorders that may be driving in their car and faint or go into some crazy rhythm and they get into a crash or they, they die and their death certificate does not say it's from an eating disorder. They'll say heart failure. They'll say, you know, motor vehicle accident, that kind of stuff. So there's so many undiagnosed deaths. Wow. There's so many deaths that are written off as something else. Wow. Yeah. I just, uh, I, she put my mind to that and going, holy shit, I never even thought about that. No. Um, so the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic oh. Statistical Manual 5, 5th edition. I said it like that because I usually screw it up. Has changed the terminology from eating disorders to feeding and eating disorders. And they now list eight categories in the uh, feeding and eating disorders. Uh, we have wow. An- wow, wow, wow. What are they? Anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, binge eating disorder, ARFID. Which is avoidance restrictive food intake disorder. PICA, rumination disorder, and other specified feeding and eating disorders, such as purging disorder, night eating syndrome, atypical anorexia, subthreshold bulimia nervosa and bulimia eating disorder, orthorexia, and then unspecified eating, feeding and eating disorders. Okay. So that's a lot. It is a lot. And but we will be breaking them all down in the upcoming episodes. Right. Anorexia actually is the most deadly of all eating disorders. Yep. And uh, females are the largest group of those that suffer from these eating disorders. And Casey and I were talking about that. Um, well, one of the strongest risk factors for an eating disorder is perfection. Perfectionism. Yeah. Perfectionism. Say that five times really fast. Because... And it's, it's also widely unknown. This, it's a combination of biological, psychological, and environmental factors. 
and we were discussing how how I said females are the largest group. Um, there's males out there that's suffering from this horrible disorder, and we don't we don't hear about them because it goes back to like the whole psychosocial thing, you know, how a man is supposed to be, you know, how a woman is, and things like that, and that is not associated to. It's definitely a female uh, predominant uh, disorder, but there are a lot of males out there suffering. And, um, I, as much as like most people aren't getting the care that they need and deserve mm -hmm. even more. So I would say there are males because, you know, again, you know, can't talk about that stuff and they got to keep their emotions to their chest and they can't, you know, we got to be tough all the time, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And they, this day and age, it's still a thing, mm -hmm. you know? Okay. So what are the, the factors uh, for for having an eating disorder. Well, first of all, it's biological genetics. They did a study on twin and adoption studies that proved that hereditary plays a role for eating disorders. There is also a fifty percent chance of developing an eating disorder if the other twin has it. Wow. Yeah. Neurobiology. Serotonin plays a significant role in appetite and mood regulation, and serotonin may indirectly mediate its effects on de the development of eating disorders. And what we know of serotonin is that it's mostly made in the gut. Like okay. I, I always, I thought, oh, serotonin was all just head. Yeah. Well, it affects our brains, but Big its time. production is in our gut, most of it. Okay, I didn't know that either. Yeah, so I mean, if you think about if we're not eating well or if you have an eating disorder that maybe your serotonin's off and then your whole body's off, you know, one can feed into the other. Uh, psychological fa factors, like you just said, perfectionism, impulsivity, uh, novelty seeking, obsessive compulsiveness, harm avoidance, and neuroticism are common personality traits often associated with eating disorders. Developmental factors, early mental illnesses like anxiety, PTSD, other traumas, sexual abuse, all pose a significant risk in developing eating disorders. And you also have your social cultural factors cultural preferences to thinness in the Western culture. They value a slim body for women mm -hmm. in social media. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go into this too much with one of my rages that I go into. But oh, we're calling them rages now? No. I, I don't know if I like rant or rage better. Well, I'm raging inside. Okay. And you can and rant And I'm coming outside. out with like a lesser version calling it a rant. Okay. But I mean, social media, do we need to even talk about it? But TikTok has been a huge factor because it's, it's what, 30 seconds, a minute, a, a tiny little, you know, capture that says, this is what you sh should look like. Right. This is how you should be. This, this is what will make you beautiful. Mm -hmm. And you see body dysmorphia all over the place oh, there. Yeah. And I mean, not to mention we're seeing these, these plastic surgeries like that are, are killing women, killing men. But, a young, impressionable uh, young lady, a tween even, will mm -hmm. see that and I want to be that. And then it changes and then it changes and, it, and it's constantly changing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you already have all the building blocks to have this and this, these short, quick, Fixes. shallow, empty videos that you make yeah. can lead or do lead to some, some of these terrible things. 
Well, it gets back to what I was saying. You're talking about the media and the bullying. Yes. If I don't look a certain way, if I don't have my hair that certain way or Mm -hmm. any number of things that have to do with us personally, our bodies, um, we don't fit in. We don't fit in. And they, and they, they beat themselves up on the inside, Yes, you know, and, and even encourage each other. Not meaning to hurt each other. It's just the age is what you're going through. Your hormones hormones are running crazy. And then you see this stuff and it's, we didn't have that. No. And I want to sound like back in my day, but we didn't. It was, it was tough growing up like that, growing up as, as kids, especially when your family is like, you need to be thin. You don't, you don't have any worth unless you look great all the time and that kind of stuff to throw this on top of it. Mm-hmm. My God. Yeah. Okay. Ended rant. Um, so what is the the occurrence, the epidemiology of this? One in eight preteens may have at least one eating disorder by the age of 20. That doesn't surprise me in this day and age. There's an estimated 1 million Canadians that would meet the diagnostic criteria for eating disorders. Wow. Eating in, in Western, if you, you know, you look in, in terms of, uh, the states i mean you look at it per capita mm-hmm. it's it's about the same per capita across the board eating disorders have the highest death rate of any other mental illness one in ten people with an eating disorder die from their disorder suicide is a major cause of death among individuals with eating disorders and eating disorders are a serious mental illness associated with significant medical complications that can affect every organ system in the body I, we were talking about this, um, recently working in the ER, I came onto a shift. It was when I was working at, um, a children's hospital and you, you get uh, debriefed, you know, you, you, you have to take report and the beginning of every shift and all the monitors for people that are the individuals that are on monitors are uh, on monitors at the front desk. So we can see, we can watch them. And I remember coming in, it was early on when I was working there and seeing like heart rate on the monitor of like 30, 32, <laughs> 34, 28, a heart rate. So if you work that out, that's like a beat every three seconds. Think about that. Count to three in your head. Beat. Beat. That's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's not conducive to life, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... And so I'm like, why is the monitor, why is the monitor not beeping? Why is it not? And they're like, and they, they weren't trying to be dismissive of it. They were like, oh, we have uh, someone with an eating disorder in that room. And that is part, you know, their, that's the resting their height, rate. Their, their body is, that's how it's, um, you know, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's deteriorating. It's yeah. falling apart. And, but that's also how it's um, trying to keep itself going as well. So like your heart, like th- your body is, is screwed. And I remember seeing that going, oh my God. And how is this like a known thing? Oh, you know, the heart rate's 30. What? Mm-hmm. If you were an adult and you were in the hospital, you would be put, you would be given a pacemaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you would be on all these drugs to increase, but you just, you can't do it. I mean, treating someone physically who has, are this sick from an eating disorder, it's a slow process. You can't just start dumping things into their body. That'll kill them. They'll go mm-hmm. into shock. So, and of course, this is just me, you know, glossing over it. 
um, but we'll get into more more detail about that. Canadian doctors and those worldwide, including those in training, feel unprepared to treat patients with eating disorders, and we just talked about that. And many people with eating disorders never get diagnosed and suffer significant personal and family distress. Eating disorders are not a choice. They affect all genders, ages, racial and ethnic identities, sexual orientations, and socioeconomic backgrounds. They are often reported in teens and young women, and they say about 0.3 to 1% of teen females have an eating disorder. Of some kind, of some sort. Of some sort. And believe it or not, binge eating is more prevalent in men and older people. Oh, really? Yeah. I guess, how do you break down binge eating? But I guess, if you know, on a weekend and you go out and you're, you know, binge drinking or, or not, but you're like, you know, oh, I'm going to relax. I'm going to have a pizza and have a this and have a that. And you just overeaten all weekend or can anybody relate to not eating at all yeah for a couple of days you deny yourself of food for whatever reason yeah and then on the third day you just pile it in yeah and then you can almost justify it yeah and what that's putting your body body through metabolically and and see that's the thing with people with anorexia is that this is this woman i talked to she said they have a superpower to be able to push past those feelings. They can restrict and they do it very well. In fact, they get um, positive um, feelings from it where we can only do it for so long because it's like agony. Mm -hmm. You can only not eat for so long where they can, they can go as long as they need to. And that's what tells you that this isn't just a, 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 they're, going, oh, I'm choosing not to. Because when we choose not to, we can only do that for so long. Right. Someone with um, anorexia, there's nothing. They're really, well, their bodies are and brains are set up in such a way that they can go very long without eating mm-hmm. until their body can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily their minds, but their physical body. More than one in five Canadian teenagers are on a diet at any one given time, putting them at risk for an eating disorder. The provincial costs associated with patients who have anorexia are on long-term disability and may be as high as a hundred plus thousands a year, 30 times the cost of all provincial specialized um, eating disorder services. Too many Canadians suffering from eating disorders do not have reasonable access to timely, comprehensive and specialized care. Well, that makes sense because like PTSD, which I didn't know I had. Um, you have PTSD? Yeah. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> um, no. And I have an eating disorder because I am that person that will go two, three days without eating and then I'll binge. I'm working on it. I've got a yeah. lot of, I got a lot of work to do, but you don't even know you have it. You just, that's normal eating habits. It becomes, yeah. When I was a teenager, um, I had bulimia. Yes. Not in the the same sort of way that my brain has been pre, you know, genetically set up, that kind of thing. Quickly, what is bulimia, Case? Uh, It's binging and purging. So it's eating a large volume of food and then throwing it up. Okay. 
And so you enjoy the food. Well, if you want to call it that, and then you throw it up so you don't put any weight on. Right. Because again, with our family, it was like the first thing that if I went over to our grandparents' place or not, not you, Brenda, but other family members, you would get the, oh, you're looking great. Or because you're looking great. Have you lost some weight? Or you look, one of the first things to say is, oh, you've put on some weight. Mm-hmm. No, hi, how are you doing? Nice to see you. Anything mm-hmm. like that. And there would, and it's so much was like your worth was around whether you were thin mm-hmm. or overweight. Oh my God, it was awful. I have three brothers and what they put me through and, and my, how my body looked and things like that. Totally inappropriate, totally inappropriate. But that was the norm in my house. And did your parents tell them that that was not okay? Absolutely not. And where did they learn it from? There you go. Right. Their parents are saying, it's all about how you look. Yeah. It's all about how you, it's all about not only how you look, we can go to this trauma bond thing you know, we'll do whatever mom wants us to, or dad wants us to, because that's what we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And even though you're, you're very unhappy with it and even getting the hypocrisy of it, that's just what you do. Yeah. And it has major long-term effects. Yeah. I would even say that you and I discussed this as well, that one of your, your brothers feel that might've had an eating disorder of some sort. Oh, definitely. Definitely. He did. And he was obsessed with his appearance, but not even in like. Not in a vein. Yeah. Well, he was kind of vain, but that was his personality and his charm. Because he was goofy, right? (laughs) Like he was vain, but like you would, you could laugh at it. Yeah. Like he wasn't like, you know, creepy vain guy. You know, he was like. Uh, goofy. I'm looking pretty good right now. Yeah. Look at my hair. Looking great. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I. Just a quick story. I remember he was he was really young. Well, I was young too, but I remember he got a job at uh, at a car wash, okay. and he was talking about how his pipes were getting really big. From uh, pipes meaning arms, biceps, whatever, were getting really big from like the constant you know movement of wash of washing and drying the car. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting." <laughs> No, and I could see him wiping down the window of the car, looking at his pipes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's 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 uh, one for one for him. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, as much as we can laugh at it, it was it was a serious thing, and um, it all it all came from the the parents. Yeah. And you and I had a conversation further about that. Like we went into some, we went pretty back to Brenda's grandparents to my great grandparents and where did this come from and trying to figure it out and it there's it's there's no straight line to it no you know it it's just it's almost like it appeared yes <laughs> yeah you know what i mean but i think it, what we maybe uh, established was that there was a lot of control and abuse that were happening from the parents right the great grandparents the grandparents and there's your control issues and histories of mental health and stuff like that. And then it manifests itself into a monster. Yes. Pretty much. Yeah. But here we are. Um, I think we're more and more accepting of ourselves. Definitely. Um, like I said earlier, though, I still have a long way to go. I still have a long way to go. And I, 
I don't know what's going to finally say or break and say, okay, I'm happy with this. I'm happy with the way I look. Yeah. I don't know. I hope that happens to you soon. Yeah, I hope so too. I compliment you and you look uncomfortable. <laughs> you see, you're like, <laughs> like, all right, I'm still going to compliment you. Okay. Thank or, you. or you're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, but like you said earlier, I'll point out something negative to sort of deflect that. Yeah. You know, that makes me comfortable. Yeah. Because you're, you're taking the pressure valve, like you're taking the pressure off of it. It's like, okay, now that's out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's, we'll just quickly go over a few of these. um, Well, let's quickly go through all of the eating disorders. We'll touch on um, some general information and then we're going to, the next episode will be this uh interview with this wonderful woman and uh and getting and on anorexia on anorexia specifically and then and then going on episode to episode discussing the different eating disorders so okay pika i think a lot of people have heard about pika um it is when someone compulsively eats something that has that's a non-food product and has no nutritional value some pregnant women have been known to eat things like chalk mm-hmm. and charcoal. Yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah, and for whatever reason, they crave it or there's something missing. I don't know exactly, and we will get into more detail about it. But and also lots of like uh, kids, you know, they they discover like they discover a lot of their environment by what they taste and what things feel like, and you know what I mean. So they put it in their mouth, and they go, oh, bleh, bleh, bleh. Yeah. <laughs> or they 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 eat it or swallow it and some of the things that um uh, the, uh, uh that are often eaten are ash talcum powder chalk coffee grounds eggshells feces hair soap paint chips which leads to well any number of problems and the paint chips often can lead to um lead poisoning well lead poisoning that was huge yeah that was huge so the what has to happen for it to be considered a, an actual like condition is it has to be um, affecting their lives in in a way where they need to get medical care or they're okay. doing it more than once a month. Okay. So it's a regular thing and now they're getting quite sick from it. And some people that are that can suffer from it, like pregnant women, children, um, people with uh, intellectual disabilities or on the autism spectrum disorder. Yeah, so that's that's Pika. It's, okay, I don't know. It's it's just seems so strange to me. Yeah. So because it seems so strange, I just think about what they're going through. I can't I'll, even fathom. Like other, I mean, a little kid, you can see they 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 put everything in their mouth, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you you try to stop them from doing that, but over and above that. So the next one I just learned about is rumination disorder. Mm-hmm. And pretty much what this is, is a, it's very rare. And it's when people repeatedly regurgitate their food. They'll chew it, they'll swallow it, they'll throw it up, they'll chew it, they'll swallow it, rinse and repeat. Mm -hmm. And it's considered both an unconscious and conscious disorder because they're not setting out to do this Mm -hmm. but physiologically they are able to 
relax the muscles mm -hmm. or relax their their esophagus and stuff like that to to allow this to to happen so for instance like when we burp right you don't just like open your mouth well sometimes you'd open your mouth and it come out but you're you're actively pushing relaxing and pushing this out of your body right so it, it's like they're doing that and they don't it's not that they have GERD uh, it's not like they have um, gastroparesis or any of those diseases this is what they're doing and the, and the people that generally have this um, have some type of mental disorder or an intellectual disability. Next we have ARFID and it's a new diagnosis, relatively new syndrome that's been recognized. It's like anorexia, but it doesn't involve distress around shape or size. So it's an eating disorder or feeding disturbance that has an apparent lack of interest in eating or food. It's an avoidance based on sensory characteristics of food that concern the aversive consequences of eating as manifested by a persistent failure to meet appropriate nutritional and or energy needs associated with one or more of the following. Significant weight loss or failure to achieve expected weight gain or faltering in growth in children. Significant nutritional deficiency. Dependence on enteral feeding or oral nutritional supplements and marked interference with psychosocial functioning. So the disturbance is not better explained by lack of food availability or associated with a culturally sanctioned practice. And the disturbance does not occur exclusively during uh, the course of anorexia or bulimia. And there is no evidence of a disturbance in the way in which one's body weight or shape is experienced, like I had just said. And the eating disturbance is not attributed to another medical condition and not explained by another mental disorder. So basically they have an aversion to food they, and they avoid certain foods. And like they said, it, it could be for many, many reasons. It could be texture, it could be color, it could be taste, it could be so many other things in, in the factor. And it's, and it's happens a lot in children. So they, they don't hit their markers. Right. You know, and Your now they're being tube fed, and, yeah. you know, and you can't force them to eat. They just, they don't, they're, they can't. So if I understand this correctly, what it's saying is that it's not because I'm looking at myself in the mirror. That's, I've got this av av aversion to food. It's just, I have an aversion to food yeah. and it's a psychological yeah. disorder that that causes or a mental illness that causes this exactly oh wow so and it's not because they're um say lower income and can't afford certain foods and stuff like that it's there's no outside factors that can explain it right except for the fact that you know there, this is a, a psychological mental um disease and with all this restriction i mean it's it's like anorexia in the way that if you're not getting the nutrients if you can't put on weight or are continuously losing weight or you're not growing because of it, it can be as, as, as deadly as anorexia can be. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the next is anorexia and I'm not going to, we don't need to go into detail with that because we're going to, so. we're going to be talking gonna about be it covering that in the pretty hardcore, hardcore in the next episode. Yeah. Um, there's binge eating disorder mm -hmm. where you are eating in a, period of time 
So it could be in a couple over a couple hour period or, or less and or over a weekend, like we were saying, and you are just eating as much as you possibly can until you're absolutely full and you feel like sick. So it could be that this weekend I'm 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 binging out on on burgers and, and fries and cake and everything that's bad for for me or you're eating to the point that you're just incredibly full and eat like that all the time or case it's, or in a sorry in a, in a specified period of time or it could be as innocent as i have a function this week this weekend and i want to fit into that dress so this week i'm going to starve myself and then you're then gonna what are you gonna do you're gonna go to that function and you're gonna eat what you didn't eat last week and that's exactly it. it's it's the recurrent inappropriate response to that so you're compensating Right. So I'm going to intentionally eat as healthy as possible. And then I'm going to, oh, I've been good. Then you're going to eat tons. Oh, and that uh, whole, I've been good. Yeah. I've been bad thing. And that's, you know, oh, and that's what it is. It's mm -hmm. this, this cycle of, of, of doing that. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's influenced by how you see yourself and how you feel about yourself. Sure. So like, I'm going to reward myself by doing this and then I'm going to restrict myself right. by doing this. So, right. and it doesn't occur exclusively during episodes of, well, anorexia where you're not eating. Okay. So I'm not saying you are have anorexia nervosa. It's anorexia is when you're not eating and, and losing weight right. from that. So that's, um, that's your uh, binge eating disorder. We have other, specified ones like atypical anorexia which is um all the criteria of anorexia are met except that despite significant weight loss the individual's weight is within or above normal range and that's one thing that we're going to talk about is that there are women with anorexia that are overweight wow they are doing those things but it's not noticed while they're at a specific weight right oh wow so you can be a larger person and not eating oh i can't wait to get into this more you've got bulimia nervosa or a low frequency and or limited duration and that's what i had when i was a teenager mm -hmm. it was through, through a period of time and then i just stopped because mm -hmm. i was like what am i doing mm -hmm. and so this can happen from anywhere from a week to three months and more or more but it's it is limit it is self-limiting Again, binge eating disorder, that is lower, less so than a full-out binge eating disorder. Purging disorder where you... Yet it's the most common. Yep. Uh, purging disorder is where someone will not, not just throwing up, where they're using laxatives, diuretics, and other medications that can make them drop weight and drop it fast. And then there's night eating disorder where people are literally getting up in the night and eating and not knowing that they they've done that until, the well, they may day. not know ever, or they see the the result of it. Or if they have family members saying you did it again and yeah, you know, and I'm having weight problems, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. And then there's unspecified feeding or eating disorders, and it's symptoms that are characteristic of a feeding and eating disorder and cause clinical significant distress or impairment in social occupational and other important areas of functioning so it doesn't meet the criteria of all the other eating disorders but it is an 
unspecified. You can't put your finger on it, but it's still creating all these problems and you're doing it in a specific pattern and way and where it's, it's dramatically affecting your life. And again, these are also difficult to diagnose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the, those are the disorders that we're going to be covering. Right. Did I cover bulimia? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just make sure. No, no, we did. We covered everything. Um, and sadly, again, it's too, it's too much, you know, that uh, people are going through this. It's not fair. No. And they're, because our world, or at least the Western world uh, we can speak of, is just so obsessed with appearance and weight. Mm-hmm. And then there's so much blame that's put on somebody with a disorder. Right. Like it's a conscious thing they're doing. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I'm slowly trying to kill myself. Yeah. yeah. Well, here I'm talking like I feel bad for people out there. I know for a fact that I have an eating disorder that I have to come in touch with. So it's. Well, there's certain things that I, I, I have learned about you along the way that, and I won't get into what, what they are, but that you're just like, I can't, I can't. And. And I've, why, why do you think that is? And the, the response for it was surprising. Some of the things that as a, as a kid that you experienced that was related to the food mm -hmm. that affects you to this very day. Mm -hmm. So if that's not a, a mental, um, you know, uh, psychological component of it, right. then, then what is right? So, um, yeah, so that's, that's it for today. That was a lot to take in. It certainly was. And the further we get into this eating disorder, or eating disorders, uh, it's it's going to get more difficult. But like I said at the top of the episode, hopefully for all of us that it's going to it's going to be a rough ride, um, but uh, it'll get better as we go along. the 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 most important part of this is to the most important part of this plural is that we educate and we try to drop or get rid of the stigma. Mm -hmm. Like, just cut this bullshit out. Let's, and I'm not talking to you guys, but I mean, you, you listen, I listen, I talked to this woman, she taught me, I'm passing it on, maybe you'll pass it on and pass it on and pass it on. And a, a little speck of dust can turn into something big. Like one snowflake can turn into like a, a big snowball. Right. And so that is our, main directive of Absolutely. this is to us to learn to pass on that knowledge to help get rid of the stigma and to support each other so let's take the path of healing together remember to take care of yourselves take care of one another and most importantly love yourself peace one love one four three